Bertha the Blubberer. Bertha was a blubberer. She would sob. She would howl. She would bawl. The little girl was only eight years old, but she must have spent seven of them blubbering. Anything and everything would set her off. Loud noise. Silence. Bright lights. The dark. Small dogs. Large dogs. Medium-sized dogs. Rodents of any kind. Red socks. Frogs. Toads. Tadpoles especially. Bouncing balls. Fireworks. Dust. The heat. The cold. Ducks, geese, and swans. Orange juice with bits in. Burnt toast. Kettles. Stickers. Wet grass. Park benches. Men with tattoos. Low-flying aircraft. The colour purple. Cat hair. Rain. Water slides. Mud. Anything made of plastic. Christmas crackers. The raisins in raisin biscuits. Bouncy castles. Smells of any kind, even nice ones. Clouds, moustaches, vegetables, burps, <coughs> monobrows, nostril hair, ear hair, and anyone in a hat. Good day. The little girl had a younger brother called William. From the day he was born, Bertha was beastly to him. She hated having to share her parents' attention. Then one day, Bertha discovered a wonderful thing. She could cry and blame it all on her little brother. And the more she cried, the more attention she got. So the girl thought up more and more wicked plans to make William look horrid. Bertha's favourite ploy was to cry and cry and cry alone in her bedroom, pretending her brother had hurt her. When Mother bounded up the stairs to see what was wrong, Bertha would blub through a river of tears. <laughs> oh, Mother! It was William! He pinched me! William pinched me hard on the arm! <laughs> Sometimes she would elaborate on the lie by actually pinching herself. Bertha would then offer up the very tiny red blotch on her arm as evidence of her brother's beastliness. She would wail. Then Mother would burst into her son's room next door to confront the boy. Young William was usually reading or playing quietly with his earplugs in. 
He had endured a lifetime of bawling, and had therefore fashioned earplugs out of marshmallows, so he could get on with things in peace. "'Why did you pinch your darling sister?' Mother would demand. "'What?' William would reply. It was hard to hear with marshmallows in his ears. "'And why have you got marshmallows in your ears?' William would take out the marshmallows and protest his innocence. "'I haven't touched her, Mother!' the boy would plead. I have been reading in my room the whole time. A likely story, mother would declare. No pudding for you after dinner tonight. But no pudding for a week. But no pudding for a month. Eventually, the boy would fall silent. He liked pudding, but not as much as his sister. The little girl loved pudding even more than she loved crying. Once at the local bakery, she even offered to swap her brother for a slice of chocolate fudge cake. It was a large slice, but still. And if there was no pudding for William, Bertha would be allowed to eat his. Double pudding. All Bertha had to do was roll around on her bed and blubber. On the day our story begins, the two children were left alone inside the house. Mother was in the garden, tending to her beloved roses, as father mowed the lawn. Spotting that her parents were outside, a fiendish scheme crossed Bertha's mind. It was her most devilish plot yet, breathtakingly simple, and all the more brilliant for it. The plan was this. Bertha would pull out a clump of her hair and then bull the house down. When mother and father came running, the finger of blame would be pointed at poor William. Pulling out a clump of hair would appear to be William's worst crime yet. It trumped pinching, prodding, poking, biting, dead arms and dead legs. He would surely be packed straight off to an orphanage and Bertha would have double pudding, maybe even triple pudding, every night for the rest of her life. It was glorious. Pudding, pudding, and more pudding. The wicked little girl tiptoed over to her brother's room to check he was there. Indeed he was, quietly getting on with his homework, with his marshmallow earplugs in as usual. Next, Bertha sneaked back to her room. She looked at herself in the mirror and began phase one of her plan. She reached up to her head and grabbed a clump of hair. Shutting her eyes, she yanked as hard as she could. Bertha didn't need to pretend to cry. The pain was so intense that she couldn't help but yell. She examined the strands of hair in her hand and the bald spot she had made on her head. It was about the size of a ping-pong ball. Bertha then put her ear to her bedroom door to see if her parents were on their way. Strangely, they were not. So Bertha did it again. <coughs> this time, she yanked even more hair from her head. Now there was another bald spot. <coughs> 
This one was the size of a tennis ball. Still, no one came running. So Bertha did it again. And again. And again. The pain was so extreme that Bertha's eyes were now stinging with tears. She could barely see what she was doing anymore. Yet still the girl yanked out more and more of her hair. Eventually wiping the tears from her face, she stared in the mirror. Bertha was now completely bald, except for one lonely strand of hair on the top of her head. Just then, she heard a noise. Bertha's eyes darted to her bedroom door. To her horror, her mother, father and brother were all looking at her through the door crack. Bertha stared at them for a moment, and they stared back at her. How was she going to explain this? Bertha didn't know what to do. So she did what she always did. The girl screwed up her face and began bawling. <laughs> it never failed. <laughs> Except this time. What on earth are you crying for? demanded father. Because of Mara and Papa, that beastly brother of mine, who pulled out all of my hair, replied the girl through her theatrical sobs. William couldn't help but smirk at the sight of his wicked sister, who had been well and truly busted. Actually, you've still got one hair sticking out of the top of your head, proclaimed the boy. Bertha examined herself in the mirror again. It did look rather strange having just the one lonely strand, so she plucked it out between her fingers. <laughs> that can't have hurt, protested William. It was just one little hair. Bertha was becoming desperate now. <laughs> you pulled out all the others, William. <laughs> you evil little wretch! We have been standing here for the last few minutes, young lady, began Mother. We saw the whole thing, added Father. The smuggest grin spread across William's already smug face. <laughs> protested Bertha. No doubt you've been doing this all along, accused Mother. No pudding for you, young lady, declared Father. Bertha stopped protesting for a moment. The punishment didn't seem so bad, missing one pudding. She had a stash of chocolate under her bed anyway. The girl gave her brother a self-satisfied look. Then, like a prizefighter, Mother delivered the knockout blow. Ever again. Bertha froze. This was worse than having no hair. No puddings? But Bertha loved puddings. If she could, she would only eat puddings, puddings, puddings. 
How could anyone live without cake and ice cream and meringues and cream and sponge cake and eaten mess and custard tarts and French fancies and treacle sponge and apple crumble and custard and jelly and spotted dick and cupcakes and sticky toffee pudding and jam roly-poly and chocolate mousse and brandy snaps and trifle? all preferably eaten in one sitting. Really, Mama? <gasps> pleaded the girl. This can't be true. <gasps> no puddings forever. Forever and ever and ever, replied Mother, who was mightily cross that her daughter had fooled her for so long. Now every night, Bertha would have to watch her brother across the dinner table. Savouring every last morsel of not only his delicious pudding, but what would have been Bertha's too. Double pudding. Most evenings, Mother would give William her own pudding as well, to make up for his harsh treatment over the years. Triple pudding. Often, the boy would be allowed to eat his father's pudding too. Quadruple pudding. It was torture for the girl to watch her brother eat all her favourite pudding night after night after night, while she had not a crumb of one. Bakewell tart, arctic roll, eat and mess, William would lick the bowls clean. To make matters worse, under the table the boy would pinch his sister's leg as he scoffed away. <laughs> he pinched me! Bertha would cry. Nobody ever believed her. Bertha the blubberer had blubbered one too many blubbers. <laughs>